Thanks for checking out Discover Church's podcast. Today we are continuing our worship series that we are calling Mirrors. Basically asking the question of this, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Hopefully a worshiper. Don't forget to make sure that you check out Discover Church on Facebook, Instagram, and jump over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on everything that we put out. And thanks so much. Uh, Today we're actually wrapping up uh, our series that we're calling Mirrors. And this is one we've been talking about for a few weeks. It's been kind of exciting because we've had some different elements. Uh, Last week we had what we called a five for five. We had five people share for five minutes. And uh, we've been, as a series, we've been looking at uh, mirrors and worship. And you say, what do those two things have to do with one another? Well, the the simple way I'm thinking of it is this. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You know, and, and for me, I'm hoping that when you look in the mirror, you know, there's a lot of things you can tell yourself that you see. But I'm really hoping that you can say that you see a worshiper, that you can see somebody that is really kind of uh, chasing after God. And Tracy, uh, as she closed out last week, did such an awesome, uh, awesome point by saying that, listen, if you don't know uh, what to say, you know, to the answer to that question, she says you can call yourself a miracle because guess what? Every single day that you're alive, that it is a miracle. God is proving himself faithful to you and to me, and I thought that was so awesome. And uh, so today, listen, we're going to wrap up that series, but before we do, uh, I still have Thanksgiving on the mind. Uh, in fact, listen, I, I don't know about you, uh, how many of you, like, normally, whether you did this year or not, how many of you would normally eat somewhere else for Thanksgiving? It, 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 okay, really not that many. So most of you cooking at home. All right, well, that's good. Uh, we normally uh, go somewhere else, and so if we go somewhere else for any holiday, it doesn't matter if it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, New Year's, I'll turn any holiday into a celebration, right? Uh, if I go anywhere, we're going to have the, the meal again at our house. So we literally uh, had this massive bird that would feed like 45 people at our house uh, yesterday that we were cutting on. Uh, but the real question is, you know, as we get through turkey and mac and cheese and all that good stuff, uh, is a picture I'm going to show you here. I'm not sure if it'll be online or not, uh, but I want to know the answer uh, to this. Is this, is your cranberry option, for those of you who like cranberries, is it this or is it that? All right. How many of you say that your cranberry option that you're looking for is this? How many thisers? Yeah, so you like that jelly. You, it, you, I can't really do it real well, but you want that, you know what I mean? That like when it comes out of the can, that sloppy like, you know what I mean? Like when it hits the plate, it splatters a little bit. You want that, right? And then some of you, how many of you are that people? You, you want the, the that. Yeah, you guys are fancy. You're so like, yeah, I went to, I need the real cranberries. No, I, I'm messing. With that. But both of these are really good. I love cranberries, but I love me. See, you know why I think I love that jelly cranberry? Tracy, I love the jelly cranberry because uh, no matter how full you are, you can eat the jelly cranberry because it's, it's jello, basically. It just fills all the way in. It takes up all that extra space, the allowable space. So I hope uh, that you guys, I hope you guys had uh, a great Thanksgiving and uh, so much to be thankful for. Even in 2020, uh, we still have so much to be thankful for. Uh, but listen, uh, I, know, I don't know if you realize this, but it, just like your Thanksgiving dinner that you ate, you know, good food requires preparation, right? And, and you don't normally just happen to slap together uh, this the most amazing meal that you've ever eaten, right? It takes it takes a little bit of time, it takes a little bit of preparation, and and really, I think that the same thing can be applied this week when it comes to your time with God. You, you know, if you want to grow in God, if you want to have an enjoyable time with Him, when it comes to worship, when it comes to living our lives and worship, guess what? 
it takes a little bit of time to do that, to really get into them, uh, to get into that, to get into the rhythm of that. And uh, I, I know I'm asking you a lot of questions, but you can also please chime in online, okay? And here's, here's the one. I need you to participate a little bit with me. How many of you consider yourselves, uh, this is a scary question to ask, disciplined people, okay? Now, listen, don't be like, oh, yeah, that's me, you know? No, no, think about it for just a second. How many of you think that you are a disciplined person? Would you raise your hand? Disciplined people? Oh, okay, so we got some honesty happening in, in the building right now. Oh, and how many of you are undisciplined like me? Yeah, come on, undisciplined people. All right, it, it's the, what am I supposed to eat? I don't know, but I'm going to go find some double stuffed Oreos, right? Uh, it's, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? We're the undisciplined ones. We're the ones that are going to go out. Uh, my wife uh, is, is, is really disciplined. Uh, uh, also, my sister-in-law is, is ex- incredibly disciplined. Uh, you know, she is, uh, my sister-in-law is the one that she He'll run like like five Ks. I don't even want to drive five Ks. She's running five Ks. You know what I mean? Uh, my wife is disciplined to the point where like she's so organized. She's got calendars and schedules and like the whole nine yards. And uh, and that's not me. Like that is not me. I just roll with the time. I just like go wherever she tells me to go. Basically, that that's that's basically my discipline, the one that I have. And um, you know, if you were to take a look at what discipline means. Uh, as a verb, it means this. It means to train or develop uh, by instruction or exercise, especially, and here's the really key word to discipline, especially in self-control. And, and ultimately, I think if we want to, us undisciplined people, myself included, if we really want to admit it, what does that mean? Is that probably means we don't have a lot of self-control. Like, we just want to give in to, like, whatever weakness, whatever desire we have. And, and so, so in, in, in order to be a disciplined person, you know, you got to know how to do the right thing at the right time. And, and, man, that sounds so easy to do, but at the same time, it's so hard. Last night, I was so undisciplined because we have apple pie and cheesecake and pretzel salad all at my house and no you're not coming over because I'm still eating on it tonight okay Uh, but listen we had all this stuff right and so as much as I had ate I'm like you know what I haven't had apple pie yet and how can you finish dinner if you ain't had apple pie and so me uh, you know uh, as I eat this and I'm sitting there going why did I eat the apple pie I didn't need it right but I, I think the real question is for us how do we turn like the discipline of our lives into like spiritual discipline or, or what I would call spiritual maturity because there is such a thing. And I think that is when we can say that we do this, that we live as Jesus would live, right? Uh, or we think as Jesus would think. Or maybe if we feel uh, as he feels or, or when we would do what Jesus would in fact do. I think we all want to be there. Even if you wouldn't necessarily say that you're really like, strong in your walk with God. I think all of us really ultimately we want to be in a spot where we do what Jesus does. That's why how many of you have ever either heard this or you've said this. Like you get angry and you'd be like, I'm going to be like Jesus and flip some tables in here, right? Because we want to justify our anger. Like Jesus got angry. I'm about to get angry and I'm about to uh, Hulk smash somebody. You know what I mean? We want ultimately to find ourselves where we're trying to be like Jesus. But really the question is, is when we see the life of Jesus, when we read it in the Old or in the New Testament, and we see uh, stories and examples right of His life and the things that He taught specifically to us, how do we get from where we are here, and, and how do we get from here to there? And the fact of the matter is, is I think that there uh, is different paths. And now, listen, when I say that, 
I'm not talking about different paths as far as like there's different paths of enlightenment because Jesus is the only path uh, to fulfillment, right? Jesus is where it is. Jesus is the Son of God who came to live for you and for me. But I think as we draw close to Jesus, there's some different ways that people are naturally uh, kind of in tune to, to be able to get to uh, a closer walk with him. And we're going to take a look at a few of those today. I don't feel like this is like the entire list, okay? So this isn't like if you feel like as I, after I go through this, you're like, I think you might have missed one. I could have. But these were a handful that I kind of came up with that I put down uh, today as, you know, as how, how do we draw close to God. And, and really, I think I, we would start with that. Were with me asking you this, when do you feel closest to God? When do you feel closest to God? Do you feel closest to God, you know, in different moments in time, whether you're with people or by yourself, whether you're in a worship setting like this, or whether, you know, you're, 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 you're off serving or you're volunteering? When is it that you feel like you feel closest to God? And today, as we look through a, a, a few of these, I just wanted to uh, to share with you some, and, and I'll share with you kind of where I see myself, just to give you some examples along this way. And uh, I, I, the first one that I could come up with when I was thinking of like the natural, uh, of the past portion, right, is the naturalist path, and the naturalist path. And he's like, what, what is the naturalist path, Pastor Curtis? The naturalist path is when you feel closest to God by spending time in creation, by, by spending time in his creation. And I don't know if uh, you're kind of like me. Uh, but one of the things I love, and I don't do this nearly enough, uh, it's one of those ones I've allowed myself to become busier than I should be, uh, but I, I love, I just absolutely love going out into the woods. It doesn't matter if it's fall, it doesn't matter if it's summer, uh, except for when it comes to ticks and chiggers, right, okay? But uh, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, but I love to go out in the woods and especially if you get a little bit of a breeze, and you can almost picture this as I describe it, a, a little bit of a breeze, and you get out there, and you look up at those trees, and they're just swaying, and the noises that they make. And it, it just, it, to me, I love it. It's, it's an amazing thing. When you think of all the things that have to go right for that tree to be that tall, to stand up against that wind, it just amazes me, and, and I just love it. And, and for me, uh, I don't really hunt much anymore, but uh, I think when I went hunting, it wasn't so much about the hunting. It's just because I love being outside. I love strapping myself to a tree and just listening to everything around you and to, to be kind of in that environment. And so maybe you feel like that. And, and so guess what? You know, there's, there's some scripture that talks a little bit about this when it says in Psalm 19, verse 1, it says uh, that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand. Day after day, they pour forth speech, and night after night, they reveal knowledge. I love that scripture there. And it says that they have no speech, right? Those trees, that wind, it has nothing to say, but it has so much to say at the same time. They don't use any words. No sounds are heard from them, yet their voices go out into all the earth and their words to the ends of of the world. I love that. I, I love, you know, some of you are beach people, right? You know, the, the naturalist person is, is the is the one uh, that you, you love those Instagram sunset photos, right? Every time you got to take that sunset, you all know who I'm talking about because you look online and be like, oh, yeah, there's the sunset person taking their sunset picture. That's because they love being outside and to witness uh, the kind of the, the excitement of, of nature and what it is and that kind of the miracle around us. I think, though, every path that we find, though, is going to have a little bit of a danger aspect to it. And so I'm going to try to briefly touch on those just so we can kind of catch ourselves. And, and for the naturalist past, one of the things that we have to watch is that we don't become so focused on creation 
and we lose focus on the creator, right? It, it, we can easily do that if we start getting into the naturalist path. And the second one, and this is one I bet a lot of you fit into, and that is this one. That's the relational path. This is all for all my, my relational people. You got to have a group. You got to have a posse. You got to have uh, people that are hanging out with you. And this is you feel the closest to God through relationship with others. And when we get into that relationships with others, then that, that's all of a sudden, man, you just feel like your dial just got turned all the way up. And you're super excited for what God's showing. You know, uh, you are the people people. I, I don't know about, again, this is just my personality, but my personality doesn't really mix well all that much with these people because the people people, they're the bubbly ones, the ones that, you know, they get their foot run over by a car and they're just like, praise the Lord every, every day. And I'm just like, oh, that's when I want to be like Jesus and flip a table. Be mad. Come on. Like, do something, you know. And, and so for me, uh, the relational path is not necessarily one uh, that, uh, that, I, that, I, that I necessarily feel like I, I kind of thrive in. But one of the things that you find about the relational ones, uh, people that walk this relational path, is that guess what? They don't do very well by themselves. And in fact, the relational path people uh, are probably some of the people that they've struggled through COVID-19 because they've been secluded. They've kind of been put away in their homes for weeks or months, you know, as they go, especially if they have health conditions and stuff. And so for these people, it, they have to be careful because being by themselves is not. That's when the enemy really wants to come and attack. And uh, Hebrews 10 says this. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we're supposed to spur one another towards love and good deed. Uh, this is, you know, when that relationship is thriving. He says, not giving up meeting together like we're doing today. Uh, some, of in, or some of them are in the habit of doing, but guess what? To encourage one another. The relationship people, they're the encouragers. They love to be out and encourage uh, other people. But guess what? The relationship people have a danger. Uh, the relationship people have the danger of this is that we end up putting trust in people and we don't put trust in God. Where we start to think the relationships and the people that we hang out with is it. This is when you have a really close friend and your close friend takes another job in, in another state and all of a sudden you feel like your whole life is crashing down around you. You don't know what to do. We put so much stock in that relationship that we have to be careful. But God can still move through these close friendships. I know some people that, that have this, this, this bond uh, that where they just spur and challenge each other on and, and it's an, an incredible thing. The third one is this. The third one is this. This is also something I think a lot of us have. Right? This is a real popular one and that's the serve the serve path. Uh, the serve path is for those who find uh, they feel closest to God uh, by serving God in ministry. And these are the people who are so excited that this coming Saturday uh, that we're distributing food out here in the parking lot, 1,200 boxes uh, to families because the serve people are like, yes, let's go. Like, come on. Like, I want to get involved. I want to get engaged. I, I, I love it because when they start doing something where they're serving someone else, that all of a sudden that, dial, that, that knob just gets turned up, and they're like, Jesus, thank you. Like, like you just feel awesome, and you feel excited uh, for your relationship with God. And, and Romans 12 says this. You know, uh, Romans 12, 7 says, if it is serving, then serve by all means. Guess what? You need to go out and serve. If it's teaching, then teach. And if it's to encourage, then we have to encourage. And if it's giving, then do what? Do it generously. And if it's leading, we got to do it diligently. And if showing mercy, then do it cheerfully. And basically, Romans 12 is helping us to understand that, guess what? 
There's no specific path that you're going to take that, that is going to be right for you. Maybe you get so frustrated with your spouse uh, or your children because you're thinking like they should be like you and you love doing this one thing and it just it, it thrives and you, you just drive in it and, and they can't stand it. Well, guess what? That's okay because remember, they're going to they're gonna have a little bit of a different way that they're going to relate to God and that they're going to go closer to God than you are and that is, that is an all right thing. But, of course, the problem that we have if we, we have this serve mentality, the, the dangerous thing we find here is that we put serving as the relationship for God. And, man, I'll tell you, especially being in church for a little bit of time, this is a dangerous one to fall into because we find so often that we think that the thing that we do equals the relationship that we have with God. And, man, you got, we have to be so careful because there's so many people that get burnt out and that just drop out of church, they drop out of relationships with people, because guess what? They serve, they serve, they serve, they didn't feel like they were appreciated, they didn't feel like they were engaged, and so guess what? They say, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. I can, I'll, go, I'll go do something else. I'll go be part of some other club or organization. And, and when we do that, we have to be very, very careful that, 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 that the serving doesn't equal the relationship that we have with God now, here's the, here's the fourth one, and we're, as we get, we're getting there here, and the fourth one is this, the intellectual path. <laughs> I can promise you that the intellectual path is not me, because the intellectual path is for you folks that are the thinkers. You love to sit. You feel closest to God when your minds are stimulated. My mind is stimulated by just sitting watching TV. I don't know about you, okay? But, but for, for the intellectual people, right, that, that you, you, you consume information and knowledge and, and uh, resources. You love researching. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm not sure if Pastor Kim is watching today, but uh, uh, Pastor Kim, who's the pastor I served under for a great number of years, I definitely think that he would follow under this. Because he has researched, I think there is everything in the whole world to research. You can literally come up and be like, yeah, I was thinking about playing tomatoes. Well, don't you worry. He's got some research to help you figure out which ones you should do. And it's amazing because he's like the Internet without doing it. Like, you don't even have to search. He'll tell you how to do it. It's amazing. It's awesome, right? So, so you, some of you, you're the, the intellectual people, right? And in uh, some of the times, though, what uh, what you know, we become. If you're not the intellectual person, we become frustrated by these people because they want to sit and they want to think, and they they want to make sure that they they think about the problem and all the way around it. You're just like, just do it already. Let's go. Come on, you know. But Proverbs, you know, we know Proverbs is the book of wisdom, and it says this in sixteen sixteen. It says, "How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get insight rather than silver." And, and, man, I'll tell you, the, having these people in your life is such a huge win if you don't operate, if you don't really flow uh, in that way. It, it's an incredible thing. You know, the danger, though, for intellectual people is this. The danger, not, I, I know some people that have had this problem where the intellectual people, they, they feel sometimes like they have to have answers. And sometimes it's hard to have a relationship with God if you don't have answers because if you've walked with God in any form for any length of time, you're going to realize that, guess what? Welcome to 2020. There's no answer for anything. Like, there's no answer for anything. Like, you don't even know if your kids are going to go to school the next day, let alone to think that you have answers for something. And, and sometimes the intellectual people, they struggle with that because they want they want to know. They have to know the answer. And then here we go in, in number five today. Some of you experienced this one. This is the worship path. 
the worship path. You feel closest to God when you're adoring him. This is when you love, whether it's corporate worship settings like this, that knob gets turned up, or some of you, uh, people think you're crazy on the way to work because as you're on the way to work, you are singing as loud as you can, and you don't care who hears you, right? And, and, and for, for the worship people, you know, they just, they love uh, to jam out. They love feeling this expression of worship with God. And in Psalm 147, it says this. It says, praise the Lord. How how good is it to sing his praises? And some of you, maybe you feel like that's not you. And maybe you need to see if you can tap into this one a little bit. You know, because as we do, as we open our mouths, guess what? It is how good is it to sing your praises and how pleasant and filling or fitting to praise him. You need to open your mouths and be willing to, to sing out to God a little bit more. And I think when you do, I think you're going to find that... Uh, that, that guess what, that God is going to start moving some things in your life in different ways. Because I, I would say that, listen, for us to understand that there is no right way or wrong way here, but the, I also want to tell you that I don't necessarily think that there is one path only. So, like, for me, again, I I'm, I'm, I'm a naturalist. I love being outside. I love it. It's just one of my favorite things. But guess what? I also, I love worship. I love worship. In fact, and this is probably sounding bad because I'm the guy that's supposed to preach every week. But most weeks, I don't even need to preach for me. Uh, I, 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 it's one of those ones I do it because I know that that's what God's called me to do. But to me, I'm just like, let's let the worship team go. I, we'll, we'll go. I'll just spend the next hour worshiping because I, I also, I, I love that. So those are two paths for me that really strengthen me, that really encourage me, that really give me strength. And one of the things, though, that we have to find, and this happens sometimes if you're on this worship path, if this is one of the ways you really communicate, one of the dangers that you're going to find is that sometimes, guess what? Worship people, they love to worship, but they don't always love to get into the Word. They love to worship and sing about what Scripture says, but they don't actually sometimes get into Scripture to really read it for themselves. I've seen this happen in both ways. And so, so we have to... We have to be very careful if you're in that path. And, uh, and, and the last one, this is going to be the last one for, for today. And again, this isn't the whole list. This is just, I'm giving you some that I think as we close out this, uh, this mirrors, this worship time frame, like what does this mean? And that is this, the contemplative path. And this is people that feel closest to God when they're just alone with God. These are people, and I know some, some pastors that, are, are, that really do well like this. They are like, just put me in a cabin with no cell phone. Come on, who, do, who doesn't want their cell phone? Put them in a cabin with no cell phone and a Bible and let them go. They can stay there for days, weeks. They don't care what happens in the rest of the world, but they're all good. And so maybe for you, this, you know, a, a good kind of test to see if this is you is if you're one of those people that you just wake up early before you're ready to go anywhere and you just find a spot in your house, you want to get up before your kids are up or before anything's stern, before you have to let and chase dogs around and stuff. But you just got to get that Bible and you just got to find somewhere to sit with a cup of coffee and you just get into God's word, that contemplative path. This is where it, you would find that, uh, that you don't need to be around other people. And you find other people sometimes can be a distraction. That's why, how many of you are distracted? Because you, you, you're trying to avoid your kids in the morning when you do this, right? You don't want to be uh, distracted by that. And listen, you can find a good series here, or a good portion of Scripture in Luke chapter 10, where we find Jesus and his disciples go, and we find uh, the story where Mary and Martha, and, and we find that uh, Martha, of course, gets so upset because she is the one off to the side doing the work. And Jesus tries to say, guess what? 
Mary has chosen what is better because ultimately, what did Mary do? Mary didn't get distracted by other people. She didn't get distracted by other stuff. What did she want to do? She wanted to come and be one-on-one. She wanted to have as much one-on-one Jesus time as she possibly, possibly could. So the thing that we have to see here, though, of course, again, all these paths, they have a little bit of danger, some pitfalls that happen. And, and part of the problem that can happen if you get into this mindset is sometimes you don't think you need other people. Sometimes you feel like you can do it kind of by yourself. You don't need accountability or community. In fact, uh, for those that are watching online, the one thing, if you kind of feel yourself being in this contemplative path that you have to be very, very careful with is that we get set in a situation where we feel comfortable in the environment. We feel comfortable not, not going anywhere. And we feel comfortable without it. So, so there is, obviously with COVID, there's the serious health thing that is a very real thing. But at the same time, we got to be careful that, that we don't take that and use it as something that is just a reason on why we don't do it. And, and so for us, you know, there's pitfalls and dangers among each of these things. But really, ultimately, here's the question that I want you and I want myself to think about. And this is kind of for us as we get ready to close here. Hannah, if you wouldn't mind coming on the, on the keys for me. The question is this. is Does your schedule, all right, because every person, I don't know if you've realized this, every person that you talk to, if you ask them, hey, how's it doing? Oh, busy, 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 busy. I'm guilty of this. Busy. Oh, man, this week was swamped. I had nothing but busyness and more busyness. And I don't even know what I was busy doing, but I was busy. I was so, so stinking busy. Does your schedule allow time for you to draw close to God? Or do we fill it up with other things that you think, and I use think, I want to use the air quotes, do you, that you think have to be done? I'm, I'm not perfect at this, but I'm getting a little bit better. I'm getting better at figuring out what has to get done and what I think has to get done. Because what I realize is what has to get done is really not, it, the, the, it's really not that much. Like some weeks is more than others, but it's really not that much. What I think has to be done, I could work 24-7, seven days a week and still not get all my has to get done done. Has to get done, 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 done. Today, maybe whether you're sitting here and maybe you're still young in your walk, if you're watching online, maybe you still haven't really fully figured out how you engage in God's word and you're not sure, I want to encourage you today to to just try one or two of these paths. Try, figure out what it is that's going to be the thing that's going to help to draw you close to God because ultimately that's what it's all about. It's exciting to do all the other stuff. It's exciting to serve, and it's exciting to know information and research. It's exciting to enjoy what God's created uh, and the, the, all, all the exciting things that we can do. It, it's awesome to do that. It's great to spend time in worship, but ultimately the thing is this, is we want our goal to be for us to live as Jesus and to live as Jesus as if he was in your, your space, as if, he was, if he was walking with you. Would Jesus have said the words that you just said? How would Jesus feel about the way you just treated that person or about what you said to your kids? How would Jesus feel about the way that you are at work? Do you feel like him? Do you do what he would do? 
do we sound like him? And so often I think we just want to kind of like pass it off. But remember, we sang today, we've already talked about this. We sang this. Your words have power. You have power and authority, and it comes from the things that you say. And, and, and if we're not careful, then guess what? We're going to be putting a whole lot of words into the bucket that it's not supposed to be going into, in the direction that it's not supposed to be going into. One of the things we have as a value here at Discover Church is we want to be life-giving. We want to be life-giving. And, and I know that that sounds cute. It sounds nice and neat. But guess what? Life-giving for me, it's not just what happens here on Sundays, but life-giving is what happens the other six days of the week. In fact, I think the other six days of the week are way more important than what happens here on Sunday because that is where people see you and they connect with you and they, they build relationships with you. Ultimately, so for us, that's what we have to be asking. Are you living like Jesus would today?